Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I am joined by my dad, Jack, again. Again, again. <laughs> yeah. Weirdest. You won't, yeah, you oh. listeners won't know this because I'm not going to put out the, the, what, 20 minutes of us trying to figure out what happened. Literally in the middle of the recording, I could not hear him anymore. And it just went away. Yeah. And couldn't hear anything from Skype. Turned out to be a faulty USB connection that I had to unplug and plug back in. And voila, all works well. And you look at that and you go like, wow. In this day and age, we're still dealing with, you know, plug it in. Yeah. <laughs> unplug it, plug it back in, see what happens. Yeah. And right. and I seem to have a flaky connection or fire or something that's puzzling me. Yeah. And I'm causing it. Uh, such that my headset seems to uh, drop out every once in a while. <laughs> well, I heard a little like uh, noise, weird thing there too when you did something while you were talking, like your sound. But sometimes that happens on Skype. It may not have been you. It's just you know the the signal sometimes gets a little weird. And you get this little weird distortion in the middle of a conversation. But uh, <laughs> anywho, we've spent the last half hour talking about. Uh, you know, the intricacies of making a connection work, I think we can move on. <laughs> move on. So, uh, one okay. of the topics. Yeah. Actual topics that we were going to talk about. Um, how Elon Musk and Steve Jobs are alike. This is a uh, from an article in the uh, Mac Daily News. And, you know, it's funny because there's been a lot of comparisons drawn between them, but uh, not often are they broken down to say, well, what are they actually alike, you know, and, and, and furthermore, how are they, you know, different, quite different. But uh, this is talking about them being mm -hmm. alike, and they basically have five points. First one is visionary leaders. Both Musk and Jobs were known for their vision and their ability to turn their ideas into successful products. They both have had long-term perspective on what they want or wanted to achieve and a strong sense of determination to make their visions a reality. And, and I don't, I'd like to just kind of throw in uh, Amazon and Jeff Bezos into this conversation as we go through these as well, because mm -hmm. he's clearly a visionary leader too, because he came up with a whole new uh, way of delivery of mm -hmm. uh, logistics. Yeah. I mean, I think his, his is all built around uh, a single core product service, you know, slash service, whereas I think uh, Musk and Jobs um, diversified their product base a little bit more, you know? But, yeah, they have products, he has services. Right, yeah. They're more product people. Not that the products don't have services surrounding them, but, but the core right. companies are slightly different in that respect. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I will say too, though, uh, a, a major difference from them in, in, you know, they talk about visionary leaders and I, I could see that in both of them is that, um, you know, uh, the, the job started out as a, you know, middle-class, upper-middle-class guy, you know, kid growing up, going in, in the Bay area, uh, must came from a pretty wealthy family to begin with. Um, but both of them, once they got ahead of steam and had some, some, uh, investment capital to work with, then did lots of different things with it. Yeah. You know, and neither of them are the sole inventor of anything. They are the impetus and the, the leadership to take that thing and see where it needs to go. 
you know? Right. I right. mean, you know, Steve Jobs had nothing to do with making movies for Pixar, but he saw the potential there and got the right people in the right positions and gave them the right tools to be successful. Um, you know, and that, you know, he uh, arguably was fairly unsuccessful in trying to launch next computers, but, um, but you know, that group developed a, an operating system that then in turn sort of saved Next and Apple, right? So right. In, on his side, you know, Musk didn't create Tesla from the ground up. He bought it and then turned it into what it is today. Right. Um, you know, and SpaceX, I don't remember. Did he did he actually launch SpaceX or is that another one that he bought and then and then started? I, I, I don't know the history of that. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know that one either. But, you know, I guess the point being is that neither of them had to be the the um, the genius behind creating something. What they did is they saw the potential of things and figured out the right way to grow it. Well, and, and the other thing is they were pretty hands-on in many respects in terms of, uh, you know, who they hired and... and right. And, uh, and it was a pretty small group effort, yeah. really. I think that, uh, mm-hmm. that they surra- surrounded them with the right people. Yeah, that really got things going. Yeah, I think they. they I think they both uh, ex- don't believe in in large groups. They they you know like you said, small groups of people who are uh, intensely focused on getting something done. And both of them seem to be uh, extremely intolerant of things that don't fit the, their vision. Exactly. I think one of the important characteristics about their leadership is the fact that they they didn't waste time like you often find happening in companies. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I posted another article on here about, uh, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> about, uh, let's see. Now I can't remember where, where I was. Let's just go on because okay. I can't. All right. Well, the second one was risk takers. So both entrepreneurs were not afraid to take risks and pursue bold ideas. They're willing to put their own resources into projects and take calculated risks in order to achieve goals. So, yeah, I I would say risk takers, but they were also um, strong enough in their particular areas to know it was whether it's a wildly risky risk or whether it's a risk that they think can that we really can pull off if we if we just really push hard, you know, I, I sometimes don't like that word risk takers because right. people in this, when you're investing in yourself, it's not quite like, you know, risk takers of, that don't invest in themselves. Uh, right. That's not, that's a totally different thing. And it's their, their certainty that what they are doing is going to be successful. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, and I think when they say risk risk taking, it's they're trying to do things that haven't been done before. So there's inherently risk involved with that. And people on the outside see that as risky. What they do is they say, here's the resources I have, you know, and here's the problems in front of us. I don't know the answers, but do I have a reasonable belief that we can get the answers and get the, the problem solved? Right. And and I think that's where. You know, that's how they look at it. So it's not really taking a risk. It's like, okay, we don't know the answers, but I think we've got a reasonable case of being able to get that done if we apply the right, you know, pressure and funds and people to get the, the problem solved. So the question, and, and it's sometimes, you know, sometimes they're wrong, right? Yeah. Sometimes that yeah. you don't, or, or it takes longer than you expected. Yeah. 
And I don't like their their term innovators here. Yeah. Uh, I think that has more to do with understanding technology. I would, you know, that, that's innovation in the sense, but it's right. really uh, knowing when technology has an application. Yeah, I, I think that goes back to being visionary more than being an oh, innovator. Okay. I think I think that what you're I think you're describing it correctly, but that that's really more being visionary, seeing what's available in the technologies, and saying, "Hey, oh. if we take technology A that's being used in this industry and put and use it over here in this in in a different industry, that we might be able to do some things that had not been done before." And I think that's yeah. more you know knowing, like you said, knowing uh, emerging technologies and stuff is being visionary. It's not being an innovator. You know, maybe it's innovative in the way they apply it, right? They yeah, may, yeah. They may say, hey, here's things that are out there, and we can we can use it in this case where it's never been used before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I think innovator is probably mis- – Under innovator, they use the term emerging technologies. So right. That, that's what I, I, I think is a that, – that's what brought me to what I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Yeah, but – they're trying to define innovators as having unique ability to identify emerging technologies. And to me, that's not an innovator. That's a visionary. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? Somebody who identifies emerging technologies has a vision and can see what this could be. They're not necessarily innovating anything new. And, in fact, I would argue that the two of them probably were not particularly innovative um, in in the sense of creating something that had not existed before. Um, they were taking technologies and applying them in different ways and doing it incredibly successfully. I'll tell you another thing that I think is very different than them um, is that, you know, like I mentioned that sometimes when you're taking a risk and it doesn't pay off, a lot of times within the Apple world, you wouldn't know that because Apple being such a, a tremendously secretive company, they wouldn't talk about it until it was ready to be a product. And so you would never have known that it didn't work out. Whereas Musk is the exact opposite. If he's thinking of something, it comes out of his mouth and into his Twitter feed. Yeah, yeah. And in that sense, they're they're incredibly the opposite. You know, if if Steve Jobs were alive today, he would not be the CEO out there tweeting a whole bunch of stuff about what he's thinking and what's going on. You know, he just wouldn't. That's just not his personality. It's not the personality of his company. Right. You know. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, he, in that sense, he and Tim Cook are very alike. You know, you don't see Tim Cook tweeting out, "Hey, just wandered down to uh, the design lab, and boy, did I see something cool." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the design side of things, mm-hmm. uh, they both do understand that design is an important thing to appeal to customers. So right. Obviously, yeah, passionate about design, both, uh, yeah, and I would say they both are. In this sense, I would say um, I felt that the Jobs was significantly more successful than Musk in terms of that. Musk well, because done... because of Ives, he had a partner, right? Yeah, yeah, and the two of them balanced each other. Ive by himself, yeah. I think, did a lot of made a lot of poor design choices because he didn't have somebody there to talk to about it, and 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 to hold him back, and and you know. Jobs, while we don't know for sure, I think that that he would have. I mean, well, see, he did things pre-existing Ives too, right? He yeah. he he did the original Mac, and the next Cube was was a very elegant looking computer for its time. So I would say that yeah, it, the two of them together uh, worked well. But I think Jobs probably 
you know, had an eye for it, even without yeah. Johnny Ive being there. Um, you know, but I w- my personal taste is or, or sense is is that a lot of Elon Musk's stuff is he he will tolerate and accept things that I think are kind of garish and really designed ugly. Um, if, if, <laughs> like, it, like... if it if it if it makes a splash and gets people talking. Yeah. He's more he's more focused on how you know how much talk does it create because well, talk like, is positive. It's like his truck. I, I, I yeah. wouldn't buy that. Right. Yeah. Now we and he still doesn't have one rolling on the road yet, so we don't know what it's really gonna look like. But if it looks like what the demos look like, that that to me is just ugly garish design. When yeah. you sit in his cars, like his his model three cars, mm-hmm. there's no dash in front of you. There's a center console, and your speedometer and everything is off to the right or left, depending on if you're a left hand or a right hand drive country, yeah. you know. But it's in the middle of the car. There's nothing in front of you. I don't like that. I in fact prefer the idea of even a heads up display, so that you don't even have to look down. But you know, I I think that design is kind of ugly. I honestly, I think his the shape of his cars and all th- four of them. The two SUVs and the two cars are all very similar. I don't find it particularly attractive. It looks about like a Ford Fusion. There's nothing exciting or different about it. You know, I just, I mean, I don't think, I personally, and this is just me speaking for myself, don't find his design aesthetic particularly strong. So, you know, while he may be passionate about it, I think he's passionate about doing things that that get people talking about his products. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's good design. It's just... You know, in in some cases, it's just different design, so the people will talk about it. You know, the one the one thing that uh, strikes me every time I see a Tesla is how little it is. And mm-hmm. because I'm a fairly big person, I I wouldn't buy the car just for the size of it. Yeah, well, I have sat in an S or the the I've sat in an, uh, in the S series and a Model Three, and and I've been next to the two SUVs, and they are much roomier inside than you think. I I mean, you're a little taller than I am, but I fit in the Model Three just fine. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm picky about headroom. Yes, so am I. Especially through the door, getting in and out. So yeah, I don't like that, and I've also found that I'm not generally a fan of cars with sunroofs because. That means that I lose headroom and I'm sitting in there. And if my hair is brushing against the the headliner, then, you know, I'm not comfortable. I actually have a a car right now, a full-size, you know, a a fairly large SUV, a CX-9 Mazda. And -hmm. it's got a sunroof. And I have to adjust the chair down and back away from the ceiling. Otherwise, you know, if if I'm in my my most comfortable driving position, my hair is brushing on the headliner. And I don't like that. So I have to kind of adjust it to to fit back. That said, it's probably the most comfortable chair I own, including every chair in my house. Yeah. (laughs) The front seat of that car is uh, like I have back issues. It's my favorite place to sit because it's a heated seat and my body fits that chair. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a heated seat on my car, too, and that's an absolute must. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially if you're anywhere that it's cold. But I even when it's just cool out or when my back's bothering me, I, I I. likely to go for a drive you know it's like all right i'm gonna go for a now these days with you know five dollar a gallon gas i i'm not driving i'm not going for for leisure drives very much but uh yeah and, and i i will say i've never actually just gone and sat in the driveway in it just because it's comfortable i'm not gone that far but yeah and then the last thing controversial personalities both musk and jobs have reputations for being de- demanding and controversial they both have 
high standards for themselves and their companies and are not afraid to push boundaries and challenge the status quo in order to achieve your goals. And I think that's absolutely right. Of all the uh, things, that's probably where they're the most likely uh, or similar. Yeah. And, and, and that's the detailed part of, of what they do that gets things done. Yeah. It's, it's probably the most important of all of the traits when yeah. it really comes down to execution, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think I worded it earlier in the way that I like to say it the most, and that was an intolerance for doing things screwing up <laughs> poor, poorly. And and granted, it's how they perceived poorly. But if it's their company, then their perception is everything, right? And, and they want they, just an intolerance for it. You know, if you if you didn't do it well, or you didn't seem to know what the heck you were doing, then their response uh, would be, why 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 do you work for me then? If that yeah. isn't if that isn't the trait of every executive in every country, you know, company, yeah, the, the reason the companies fail is too too often is because of the management lacking the uh, wisdom of being uh, intolerant of of a lot of bad behaviors. Right. Well, and and the the bloat that happens within companies where there's a bunch of people that you know were hired for something, but then they're still there and. You know, it's like, well, what do you really do? How does that person spend their eight hours? You know, right. um, you know, they they I, both of them have a propensity for for lean companies that are very focused, um, mm -hmm. you know, that matches their sensibility, um, you know, uh, and both yeah. of them, you know, I mean, regardless of whether you like them or not, both of them managed to create several different successful product lines you know i mean jobs went from the apple II to the mac to an uh, ipod to the iphone you know that he was involved with within his yeah. company and all of those were successful and in fact increasingly successful you know musk has done tesla and spacex and uh he was the involved, boring company. The boring company, which I'm not sure they've been super successful, but they're they're doing things. And uh, the other one is he was an investor in and then bought out Solar City and and rolled that into Tesla. So he's like, you know, if that's a you know similar ideology to Apple, right? It's like, well, if I've got a car that runs on electricity, then I need a way to make electricity. So let's look at so let's buy a solar company, right? Yep. Uh, you know, Apple's like, well, I I, I make a, I, I run a company that that uh, uses computer chips, so why don't we make our own computer chips? You know, and I think that was a a goal of Steve Jobs early on. You know, but he he the company wasn't in a position to do that during his lifetime, so it didn't happen until later when Tim Cook was running the company. But I think that had been, you know, sort of in the DNA of Apple for a long, long time. You know, yeah. when they first switched from the Motorola chips to the power PCs, if he could have chip switched to a chip that Apple designed, then he would have done it. And absolutely, when he went from the power PCs to the Intel PCs, if he could have done his own chip, he would have done it. You know, yeah. it's just it, it, his company just wasn't there yet. But, you know, that's something he's never neither neither of them like to be reliant on any other person or any other company for parts of their business. Right. Yeah. Anything critical you want to control. Yeah. So yeah. That, that to me is why I think that of, of, of these two, but including Bezos, is that I think Bezos is probably uh, uh, mm -hmm. got more control of what he's got and, and is a, in terms of long-term 
advantage, yeah. more, uh, uh, I, I would today bet more on Bezos than I would on either of these guys, yeah. either of their companies. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing about them is I remember when they first started and buying books from them was he made it simple and easy. And this was before the internet even really worked mm -hmm. well. I mean, I was still dialing up via modem to, to get things done, um, you know, and order books. Uh, and everything came via FedEx or UPS, mm -hmm. right? But he, he, you know, you know, early on, he was thinking at some point when I've got the funds to do it, I want to cut out that delivery man. I can do it and cut out the cost and, yep. and, and then I can control. I don't, you know, it's not going to show up in, in a couple days, you know, I'll get it down to the next day. Or in, in some cases now, you know, I order stuff and it shows up that evening or the next early, the next morning, I ordered something the other day at like five in the <clears> afternoon <throat> and it's, it's delivery window was between four and 8 AM the next morning. Yeah. You know, yeah. About, uh, about five o'clock that, you know, there's, they, they set it on the front desk or the front of the house and there was, you know, they don't want to wake you up, but there was a quick one knock on the door but but basically, he's taken on an entire industry of just about every product that that, that there that there is out there that was sold through stores, is mm -hmm. is is in his uh, lap now. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. O only the the uh, uh, food kinds of stuff like fresh pr products uh, were kind of limiting for a while. But even there, I think he's tying into those uh, those. Uh, uh, citywide high-rise vegetables uh, markets, you know, farms, if you will, vertical farming. Uh, I read an article the other day, and I was going to post that, and I forgot mm -hmm. that. Uh, have you never have you never ordered anything through Amazon Fresh? Uh, oh, I have. Yeah. Yeah, Amazon Fresh is just like you just like you can go online to your local grocery store and have it delivered to your front step. Amazon Fresh will deliver it right to your front step. That's part of why they bought out Whole Foods markets, yeah. uh, and and uh, and so they're now, you know, setting aside fresh food produce sections of warehouses so that they can deliver groceries direct to consumer. Yeah, you know. So yeah, you're right. I mean, I think he basically they just required special trucks. That was it. You know, yeah. Until he, he had the well and storage, he had yeah. to have places to store stuff that was going to be kept refrigerated and or frozen. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think it, it was, it's been very clear for a long time that, you know, he started with books and then he started saying, well, what's the next thing I can, I can right. sell, you know, and started adding in more and more things. And now there's very little that you can't find on Amazon. And to tell you the truth, I mean, whether you like Amazon or not, I know if, I've got a friend who's very anti-Amazon. Uh, he had asked something about where I got something. And I said, oh, I just got it on Amazon. And he goes, I don't buy there. He doesn't like Amazon, but, yeah. but, um, you, you know, know what he, what he doesn't like about I, it. I've to, not quit. I've not quizzed him on, on the why I thought it, about that. To me, the store itself has got the biggest problem because one of the things about buying on picture of uh, pictures is everything must have some scale to it. You mm -hmm. can buy something and you get surprised. And, oh, geez. It's even nearly as big as I thought it was. Even written down dimensions, we don't imagine things the way they should, really should be. And I think that can be solved in, in probably the best way is using the VR capability, virtual reality, where you actually put it 
into your house where yeah. you want it to be and see it there to scale. Right. And Amazon's you know? doing that. And so, yeah. like, if you're buying furniture <clears throat> or something that sits in your house, you have the option of using your, your phone, particularly iPhones, but I think they do it on some of the, uh, the other phones as well, um, mm -hmm. to, you know, see it in space. You can see it sitting there. Um, I think they give dimensions, and personally, I think dimensions work fine, but not everybody, like you said, visualizes very well or gets out a tape measure and measures. I've done right. both. You know, I've done both. So, I mean, I, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. But the idea to use the VR type of thing to see it sit, you know, if you're buying a table and you want to see that end table, you know, next to your couch, um, you know, it, nothing beats being able to actually visualize it you know, right. with, and, and it's easy to do it, you know, looking through your phone, but at some point you're going to be able to put on your augmented reality goggles and see it sitting yeah. there even more naturally and more comfortably. But usually that's the biggest criticism that I hear from others. And, and I've experienced myself is mm -hmm. just certain things. If you don't pay attention and you just look at a two dimensional picture yeah. or something. And, and if, if you don't really, uh, no exact sizes or some way to, you know, uh, of, of what a product really is, uh, then uh, it's, it's easy to get something you don't want. Yeah. Now, that's happened to me once. I was mm -hmm. I bought a light fixture to hang up in our uh, kitchen, and I thought it was going to be about two feet, and it was more like one foot. It was much smaller than I had anticipated. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that he's done that solves a lot of those kind of problems is basically Easy said, yeah, it's basically said, if it isn't what you wanted, if it is what you expected, send it back, Yep. you know, and I've only had one problem with that. And they ultimately, after, after escalating to the, I think, third person, uh, I got exactly what I wanted. I mean, they gave yep. me my money back. And so, um, mm -hmm. you know, it was, I, and, and the other, I will say, Easy returns, but they've set it up so you don't actually ever have to talk to a human being when you're dealing with Amazon. And when you, mm -hmm. you know, actually trying to talk to a customer service person is is buried. They they make it a little hard. Yep. And and then when you get to the customer service person, very often the first level customer service person is basically reading a script off of a screen. Yeah. You know? And so then you have you know you have to continue to question and 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 kind of work the system to get to somebody who can actually make a decision and help you. Um, but that's not unusual in the world of support anymore. And so part of the game is knowing how to get them to bump you up to the next level manager uh, or assistant, you know, or super, or what's the, uh, um, customer service person. What's the next level up, you know, <laughs> cause it's usually yeah. not the first level really can't help you very much if you don't fit into a nice, neat mold. And that, that probably covers a good chunk of stuff, right? Like 80 to 90% of the stuff that first level person can do. But if you get that odd thing, you know, yeah, I want to share an experience while I, we're talking about customer service, by the way, um, dual experiences, one Amazon, we bought something. It was a large, heavy shelving unit that was purchased by my daughter, but she didn't check, and it got shipped to my house and not hers. It was our error. Okay? Oh. But it's big and heavy, so it's not like and, – and I wasn't driving up to see her any time, so I couldn't take it up to her. So, mm -hmm. so the response was, okay, you, here's the return authorization. You have to pay for shipping. Well, I looked for shipping to send that thing back, and it was going to cost $100 because it's this big, heavy, you know, compressed wood 
shelving unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked at the address that it was going back to, and it's like eight miles from my house. So <laughs> I, went, I went, hey, I know who can deliver that. Me. So I drove it back over to the place. And, of course, I get there. Nobody speaks English. In, in this case, they were all Chinese. Um, and so they hand me a phone, and there's a woman on the end of the phone who's the one who kind of, I guess, interacts with English-speaking people. But she mm-hmm. just happened to not be in that day. And oh. so I explained to her what's going on, and she said, okay, um, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll figure it out when I get back in the office have one of the guys, you know, sign your return slip so that, you know, so she, I handed her the phone and she talked to a guy and then he came over and signed my return slip. I took a picture of it sitting in their warehouse, which now has a geolocation and a timestamp. <laughs> <laughs> so I took two, a couple pictures of it sitting there in their warehouse. Yeah. I have returned this thing. That was the thing that we went back and forth for several months because the first level of Amazon support basically takes your information and says you'll be contacted by the seller because this is something that was sold by somebody else through Amazon. And we did that three times. Never once did I ever get any kind of response from the seller. I was ignored completely. And so – oh, and better yet – Two days after that, we then repurchased the exact same shelving unit, this time shipped to the right place. Oh, yeah. So so we had evidence that not only did we order it and try to return it, but that we bought it again. So yeah. then I, I finally, after the guy tries to say, well, you know, we'll contact the seller. They'll reach out to you. I went, no, stop. We've already done that. We've done that three times. They never get a hold of me. <laughs> You know, and, and so then he says, okay, hold on. Let me let you talk to my supervisor. And then I get another guy and that guy talks to me, listens to what I'm saying. He goes, okay, hold on. Let me give you this other guy. <laughs> and that third guy is the one who said, okay, I just initiated the refund, you know, and, and you'll be, you know, this is, this is done. And they did refund the money. And so kudos to them for getting there. But the process was a little you know, I had to be a little demanding, and after having tried it their way three times, and it didn't work. Um, and, of course, then immediately after that, uh, within a couple hours, the vendor then reaches out to me and says, we understand you want to return something. What, what's the issue? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure they were then notified that, you know, they're going to basically be debited some funds from Amazon because Amazon had to do the refund instead of them doing it, you know. Yeah. So, um, but anyway... All, all's well that ends well. We got the money back. We only had to pay for one instead of for two, which was good. The second yeah. customer service experience. This one is not yet resolved, but kudos to them for trying. In 2012, I purchased season two of a British BBC TV show called Sherlock. There's only three episodes, but I purchased it from Apple in the iTunes store, and it's just three episodes of a TV show. I only purchased season two. There are now four seasons because season one I had watched on on some streaming channel. I remember where it was. Season two was not going to be available for, for streaming for another like six weeks, but you could buy it. And so I said, oh. you know what? I'm just going to buy it because I want to watch the next season. So I bought it. And then I forgot about it. And then at some point later, I watched season three and four via streaming. So uh-huh. I own season two. 
So my daughter calls me, I don't know, a, a couple weeks back and says, hey, I want to start watching that. Is it okay if I buy season one? I went, sure, go buy season one. And she's, okay, we got season two. So she watches season one. We watched season, and so I, I was intrigued. I hadn't watched it a long time, so I watched it with her. So I watched season one, watched season two, episode one, season two, episode two. I go to season two, episode three, and Apple TV and, or, or the Apple TV Plus app says that I don't own episode three. But it, right next to that says, but you purchased the whole season. Oh. There's no button even displayed on the screen to play it. At some point, I said, fine, I'll just buy that episode over. It's $4.99. Click on purchase. It comes back and says, you've already purchased this. <laughs> and it's like, okay. You're so, <laughs> yeah, basically in the loop from hell, right? And yeah. so I thought, okay, I can't watch it on Apple TV. I'll try it on my phone. Same exact thing happens on the phone. Screen information's a little different because it's on the phone, but it's same same thing. Same thing with the iPad. Same thing with the different Apple TV. Same thing with the different phone. Same thing with the different iPad. I've now tried two devices of each of the three kinds that can play this material, and none of them work. So I call Apple support. I have been back and forth with Apple support, and I'm 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 on their fifth or sixth level. I know I've I'm now on the fifth level person, and this person said. I own this problem. I will stay with this problem until it is resolved. And so she has called me back basically every other day for we're now on our most, most of the way through our second week. Um, hmm. And they still haven't been able to figure out why. So yesterday I spent a half hour with her online um, screen capturing what I was doing and images of what I was seeing because apparently they can't duplicate it in their office. And then I put my phone into a special mode where they then could see what connections I was making back to their server. Mm -hmm. And so they gathered all that information, and she's supposed to call me tomorrow on Wednesday to say where she is. So hopefully next week when we record, I'll have some something to report to see if they've troubleshot it. But, but it's interesting to see that Apple, at some point, you hit somebody who says, I now own this problem. I'm, yeah. the, I'm going to stay with you. I am the person you will contact. I was given her email, so if I need to reach her, I can reach her uh, out to her. We did get to one point where I can now, I could not stream the content, but I could download it onto my phone and then watch it on my phone once it's downloaded. Yeah. And of course, from there, I could then, um, what do they call it? Air screen share, screencast. AirShare, I don't remember what they call yeah. it, back to my Apple TV and watch it on my Apple TV if I wanted to. But that still doesn't solve the problem of why that particular episode of that particular season of that particular show will not stream. I'll, I'll, I'll make a really good guess, I'll bet you, as to what really is causing this. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it usually comes down to a fact that a software uh, designer, coder, whatever, has made an assumption mm-hmm. that You'll never be in this circumstance. Okay? Yeah. There was, there was some assumption that this uh, situation that you're in can never happen. Right. Okay? That's a possibility. My sense was, since I can get episode one and two of that same season and stream it, but not episode three, that there is probably some data corruption either in, well, probably in my account. 
It probably has to do with my account, my iCloud account, mm -hmm. and how it interacts with the iTunes store. And there's some data corruption regarding the what is stored. Like, there, you know, there's going to be some, some tables that say, you know, here's the things you've purchased. Mm -hmm. and, and one of those is corrupt. Yeah, it could be. And so that particular piece of data is because it clearly says you've purchased the season. So it understands the season record. But the but the actual item record for that particular item is not triggering as if I've purchased it. Hmm. Yep. Something in the record keeping there. Yeah. And that was my guess is that it's something to do with that. You know, because they kept saying well, they had asked once before in the process, you know, let's troubleshoot your, your device. And I went, explain to me why I need to troubleshoot my device, because it's not working on any device. Every device that I log into with my account has the same exact problem. You know, I mean, it manifests slightly differently from each operating system because you see things differently, but it's the same yeah. issue. That particular episode of that particular season of that particular TV show will not stream. Yeah. Everything else works fine. You know, and of course, at one point, I actually had a woman say, um, can you tell me when you purchased this or do you have an invoice? And I, and I, there was this long pause, and I said, "Tell me one thing that you purchased in in twenty twelve that you have an invoice for." <laughs> and then there was then there was another long pause, and she goes, "Please hold." <laughs> she got a little testy with me, and I'm like, "But come on, do I yeah. have an invoice?" First of all, when you buy something online through the iTunes store, do you got an invoice? I don't know that I ever get it. I'm sure there's some record that somewhere that, that I could go refer to. And eventually later on in the process, I did find something that showed, you know, looking at my account that I had purchased it in 2012. So I knew I bought it in 2012. But I had guessed at that before because I figured it was, it was a, um, the episode was released in late 2011. So I knew, I, I remembered the circumstances as to why I had bought that, that season. So I said, well, it's 2012. But yeah. You know, and I mean, like, why are you complaining about something you bought in 2012 now? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched it <laughs> since 2012. So anyway, yeah. I appreciate that Apple's making the effort to track this down because it's, let's face it, it's, it's an episode of a show for one person. But yeah. I think they're also curious as to why this is happening, right? I mean, I'm sure they've got things that go through and verify database connections and links all the time so that your database doesn't get corrupted over time, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm sure hopefully the, the, they did explain, as I said, you know, later that they did explain why they wanted to troubleshoot with my phone. And mostly it was just, they wanted to see, well, what connections are, is your account trying to make where, where are the, you know, where are we dropping the ball here and and show them screenshots of me going through the process of loading the app and then scrolling down and searching and finding the thing and you know and, and showing them what i see so mhm mm so anyhow we'll hopefully um uh get some resolution here shortly but it's it's just kind of funny you know yeah <laughs> and and like i said the questions that they're asking are clearly like canned questions like do you have an invoice yeah you're like, no. Well, you know. Well, that's something that uh, is a, is a bit of an issue. There is no standard receipt, you know, like right. 
com comparable to the paper receipt that you get and you can come home and throw it in a drawer or something yeah you know keep to keep it if you need to find it yeah that occurred uh, to me yeah and and it's like even if you did do you have receipts from 19 or from 2012 <clears throat> you know from yeah 11 years ago no, for about, things yep. that you bought that cost you five dollars yeah in fact <laughs> it bothers me a lot that all i can do when i go in to look uh, to see what i purchased from apple is that there's very little detail that's recognizable by me. It was just a charge, and here's the amount and the date, you know. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the heck that was. In certain cases, I, I do know they, they are labeled, but they're not always labeled, you know, especially uh, – I, I, I should have an example out here, but I don't. Mm -hmm. But but anyway, it's, uh, it's really hard to reconcile uh, where you spent your money on Apple Pay or with Apple – Credit? Oh, yeah. And, You're talking about Apple credit as opposed to, like, if you buy something from the Apple store. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. I'm just saying I use my Apple Pay on it for it, you know, and I go somewhere and use Apple Pay. Mm -hmm. I like to use it, but then when I go back to try to figure out what it was I spent my money on, I don't know, you know. You can't go through that record on your phone and identify every dollar that was spent and when what it was for. Yeah. The recurring ones are all easy, you know, uh, because you, you, you know what you're paying. You're, you're subscribing to Apple Music or something like that, you know, one of those services, uh, and they pop up every month. But, uh, boy, when you just go swap your watch, you know, to pay, pay for something, uh, it's a... It, it's not there. You can't find it. You, I mean, you can find it immediately if you go look at it, but there's no good way to annotate it even. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Well, I, and and you know, I mean, you can you can um, like if if you bought things from the Apple Store, if you log into your account, you can literally yeah. scroll back through everything you purchased. Yeah. But by the way, I have finally figured out where the that I have when talking to you. I'm sorry. Are you there? Yeah, you garbled a little bit. What? What? It's my USB thing that goes right into my computer. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That plug is flaky as can be. Lovely. Yeah. I, th I think we need to get you a. Um, mi uh, was it micro USB to USB C cable? Um, well, well, it's fine as long as the cable port on it. So I'm just telling you my whole adapter here, the main adapter cable that goes into my computer to make this adapter work. Yeah, that's the flaky part where it goes into the computer. Yeah. So that that's and, but, and, whole... and you're certain that it's the um, the uh, computer, or it's not the computer, it's the cable. Well, so it's... you don't have a flaky card on your um, on your. Well, it's it's when you got two things together, you have to say it's one or the other, you know. <laughs> so I right I, I I would trust that Apple's computer side should be rock solid. Uh, I don't trust cables as much as I do a computer oh, device. Oh, I totally I'm totally with you on that. I'm just saying that in in <laughs> it'd be bad news, but you could it could be the um, the port on the computer that's flaky as well. Um, 
You're right. It, it's it generally be 50, yeah. 50, but just right. saying. Well, well, and that's a pretty new computer. So it's not like you've had a lot of wear and tear on that. If it was that it's, you've had it less than a year. That's still under warranty. Right. Yeah. I, I, I need to sort this out because I, yeah. I, it, it's uh yeah. I just sent you a link to the USB oh. to micro USB cable that I purchased. And oh. I have one of these and that's what I use for my, um, uh, oh, that's micro. Never mind. That's not mini. Wrong one. Uh, okay. I have one of those too. Let me get you the right one. I just realized okay. that's micro and not mini USB. And, uh, you know, that would not help you at all unless you happen to have a need for that one. <laughs> I would say that I probably have a, every single kind of USB made to a USB A or USB C version of it. Uh, including the B style, the, the, uh, micro, the mini, <laughs> I, but I seem I, to have them all. It, it's, it's frustrating that all I have to do is to grab this plug that's into my computer and just push on it softly on one side or the other. And I will lose connections. Yeah. That is yeah. frustrating. That stinks. You know, uh, no, no connector should ever be that way. And I don't know who to blame right now, but that's the way the connector's acting. Yeah, that's aggravating. You know, it's, I mean, its whole purpose in life is to plug in and hold there snugly and be secure and consistent. Yeah. You know, that's the whole reason that it was created. And yeah. it's not succeeding. Yeah. Why don't we move on to the next article that I sent you, and its title is Apple's iOS 16.4 Beta Offers a Dramatic Change to How iPhone and iPad Apps Work. I think that entire title is misleading. I agree. I read that same article earlier, uh, earlier and almost irritated me the way they titled that. <laughs> it was like, you've really... Yes. That, yeah. They've, they've changed the way they deal with Internet apps is what it amounts to. Yeah. But it's it's but but it's not that they um, but that that's not normal apps. But yeah. They didn't say anything yeah. about internet apps up here. Yeah, and it's not a dramatic change either. That's right. It's it, you're it, able to put a a hot spot on your home page that works like an app. Which you've been really, able which you've been able and, to do in iOS since the beginning. Yeah. In fact, the day one with the iPhone, that's what they said we would do instead of having an app store. Yes. It literally has been in the OS since day one. Uh, but apparently yeah. it's been a bit limited. Right. Uh, the only change is that those apps can now send notifications that will show up in the notification center on iOS. That's the only change. Uh, so that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. And that's, I've read it several different ways. This is absolutely the worst job of headline writing I have ever seen, other yeah. than the fact that I suppose it's got people clicking on it, even if they're angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I did the same thing. I said, that is the worst, yeah, most Mac misleading headline ever. You see, and I don't even like Mac Daily News take on it because it's in their uh, thing. Uh, uh, so it's... It's like it's okay, you know? Yeah, well, I don't remember what they're... Uh... Well, anyway, it, it, they're just telling you, since it was a beta, it will arrive in 16.4 and 5 for the iPhone and iPad, which will roll out within weeks 
but that, uh, you know, uh, the only the other thing, this is a big deal that frees oh. sites. They're looking at it as a big deal because what they're saying is, is they no longer have to maintain an app to read their site anymore because their app is essentially just a browser that's dedicated to their website. So yeah. now they're saying we don't have to do that anymore. Now you could just put the link to our website on your page and still get notifications when new stories come in. So for I guess from their perspective, it's a big deal because it means that we don't have to. And I, this makes me sad that they're saying that they're basically going to drop their support for their app because I like the app. In fact, one of their competitors that I listen to or read a lot is um, Mac Rumors. Mac Rumors mm-hmm. doesn't have a, an app like Mac Daily News does. And uh, so I have for a long time put their uh, a link to their homepage on my desktop to go read that when I want to. So, mm. and quite frankly, I turn off notifications for just about everything anyway. So the last thing I want is something going ding when they post a new ad or new new uh, you know story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Particularly when, and this is a pet peeve of mine. I understand they have to make money, but both of those sites put a whole bunch of of articles into their feed that aren't news articles. They are, hey, there's a new version of insert app or software or device that you can buy on sale at, at Best Buy here because they yeah. get kickbacks for selling that stuff. Yeah. And so they're making money. And so when you go and scroll through the list of stuff at, you know, the articles – at Mac Daily News or or Mac Rumors or lots of places now. I mean, it's just it's, but it, they they hide it to make it look like it's an article, but it's not. It's an ad, you know. So you, what you're telling me is that we probably the Mac Daily News app is probably going to quit working here for long, right? Well, or it won't be based maintained. On, based on their response, that's what I understood that to say pretty much. Didn't you? Yeah. It sounds like it. That's why you it's know? a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal because it makes life easier for us. The rest of yeah. you, eh. Screw it, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, you know, I'm I like rolling through um, these these guys stuff. I'm trying to see if I can find one now, and of course, I don't see them. Uh, uh, but there's you know a whole bunch of I guess Mac Rumors has been doing it more than than uh, uh, they have, but they um, they'll do like uh, oh. You know, somebody launches new dual lightning USB gaming controller, and then there's a link to go buy that controller right there in the story, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Let's see. It just keeps, but it bothers you. You know, Slage Encode, Slage's Encode Plus Lock offers convenient home access right from your phone or Apple Watch. And there's a link to go buy (laughs) that particular lock. You know, if you wanted to buy it right from them. So the, and, and they, you know, usually there's a line in there somewhere that says, hey, we get, you know, we get some money back if you buy with our links, mm-hmm. you know, which is at least, you know, they're upfront about it. But uh, by the way, this lock is one of the first ones that now supports the, um, uh, the unlock from your phone or your watch. So mm-hmm. you don't have to put in a pin code or anything. You can just put your watch up next to it. And it'll unlock the door when you come in the house. Um, I, and that's where are you reading? Oh, it's in a story that that we didn't even put up. It's just uh, the oh. the Schlage people have done uh, HomeKit aware locks before, and in fact, I had one, and it worked so poorly, I took it out and replaced it with one of a different brand. 
uh, Yale is the one that I found that works really well for me. Um, but the, um, the, uh, they have one now that works with Apple's, um, uh, electronic keys basically so that you can unlock an, uh, your, your house from the outside using just your phone or your, or your watch, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, it's, I think it's probably just as handy as like, you know, unlocking your, your laptop with your, with your watch. So you don't have to, uh, you know, know a passcode or anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I, I oh. jumped, I jumped stories, but I'm with you. That's a terrible, yeah. terrible headline. Okay. Anyway, you, you agree with what I was wanted. I wanted to put it up there and see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I read that and went, you, you're kidding me. Uh, hey, and what do you think about the next one? Windows on fast max. Yeah. Finally through parallels, which has been sort of blessed as the, the way that to run windows on a Mac now. Uh, and apparently I was listening to something else today that mentioned this and it's not just, uh, windows running on the Mac, but they actually have the arm version of some of the windows, uh, underlying stuff that's now been rewritten to work mm-hmm. directly on a Mac and execute the code natively. And mm-hmm. so, um, so it's actually supposed to be a pretty good implementation of windows, a fast one. Um, I have yet, wow. to, I have yet to hear them say, you know, at one point in time when, 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 when Mac was all on Intel, the Mac was the 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 Mac laptops were were the were were crowned as the best way to run Windows. Go buy a Mac and put Windows on it, if that's what you <laughs> want. If you want Windows, um, I haven't heard anybody say that yet, but uh, apparently it runs really well. Well, it was a long time ago, but remember back when we we did r- uh, run their uh, their Parallels software, mm-hmm. and I thought I thought it was a pretty cool thing at the time. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a way to bring a whole lot of capability over to the Mac. Yeah. Uh, that you know people uh, don't don't you know either have or already and like like they I had two computers for a long time just because you needed uh, both. Yeah. I needed both. Yeah. Uh, there was a custom piece of software that was required in order to enter swimmers in swim meets, and it had been been originally written in Microsoft Access Database and only ran on Windows. And so yep. I used to keep Parallels and Windows on my Mac to run that one app. Yep. Because I had to run that app and there was the only and it was only on Windows. And so, yeah, if you're doing things that only are supported on Windows and you need it for whatever. And it was probably cheaper than buying the app, right? So, well, I had to buy the app anyway, but it was cheaper well, than buying a, another computer. Yeah. You know, well, or maintaining an older, you know, I mean, I had some older Windows computers, but it's like, I'm not going to lug them both around. To be able to put everything on one device and be able to do everything I needed was just much, much better. Yeah. yeah that software eventually, it still exists, but was eventually replaced by online versions of software that do that now. So it doesn't but, matter what your device but, is. Yeah. But what they do basically takes advantage of the horsepower that you get right? Uh, and uh, makes it run at a reasonable sp- pace, probably just as good as if it were on a Windows machine. Yeah. Or exists yeah. current Windows machine, I should say, because yeah. who knows when something new will come out. Right. Well, well, given that they've come out and said this is, you know, a, the, the official blessed by Microsoft way to run Windows on a Mac, somebody's going to go out and do a bunch of speed tests. And so it'll come out pretty quickly. And, and you know if it is significantly faster or significantly slower than running Windows natively on a Windows machine, 
that yeah. one side or the other is going to be crowing about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hear about it, right? <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. So this is kind of a heads up. So, you know, it's out there now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's one of those things where in a f- in the past, I would have been first in line to get this because I needed it. Yeah. Now, I can't think of a reason that I would go buy it. I don't have a need to run anything in Windows. Um, yeah. I was trying me, to think either, of... Me but, yeah. but I recognized the uh, interest in such a thing, so I thought we ought to bring it up. Sure. And no, it, I agree. It, I agree. There's a lot of people who, who are in that very situation, right? Yep. Uh, uh, by the way, my computer is a low battery now. We'll sleep soon unless plugged into a power outlet. <laughs> oh, so, so we're we're wired I, internet, but you're still running off battery. <laughs> uh, just just picking up my computer, kind of get up, so I could get up. It disconnected yeah. my audio. Uh, uh, what a pain! Well, I hear uh, you, but it's kind of like intermittent as you move it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we do we want to keep keep talking for a while? I, I can go get the power supply here. Um. Well. We've gone for about an hour, so I mean, if you wanted to wrap up, uh, the only things that I had there was that there was some uh, updates to operating systems, 16.3.1 versions of pretty much everything, and it was a zero-day patch, so if you haven't updated, you should. Uh, and then uh, how to use web apps, and there, I just wanted, there was a thing to talk about how to take a web app and put it as an icon on your desktop if you've never done that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but we don't have to talk about that today. We can save that for another day. I do think, though, that I wanted yeah. to mention that 16.3.1 updates that they pushed out uh, last week and just remind everybody that if you haven't updated to that, you probably should. They're not full updates. They're just, you know, point-point updates. Yeah. But right. uh, but they closed some, some open holes that were known to be exploited in the wild. And so um, that's what zero day means. So... Better safe than sorry, you know, go and, and plug those holes if you can. And in fact, they also pushed out an update for older versions of Mac OS if you're still running one of those so that you can um, uh, protect yourself. I think mostly it had to do with the Safari browser. There was a yeah. a piece of code that they needed to plug there. So uh, Well, um, anyway, I just wanted you to be aware if I drop off, you'll understand why. But it says right. I got 10 Ten percent of battery left, so I I think I'm good for a while. Yeah, I'd say on these new computers, ten percent should last you, you know, a couple days, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's surprising. It really is. Yeah. Not like my not like the gas tank on my truck where I can drive it for for uh, like two hundred miles and it shows that I've used maybe an eighth of a tank, and then suddenly the last quarter of a tank disappears in 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 like fifty miles. <laughs> Right. <laughs> my my I've learned that my gas gauge is not linear. <laughs> which yeah. which is a little frustrating in that it's a gauge, you know. <laughs> well, but, they those never have been linear. They just, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. They don't spend a lot on putting putting the expensive stuff yeah. in there for accuracy, yeah. you know. I I want yeah, this is what you want. Yeah, it's not that accurate. It's just your gas tank. <laughs> <laughs> no, but well, they, you know, it just what it means is is that I get a lot of mileage on the first half of the tank, and the I think the first half is actually worth about represents about three quarters of the tank, and the second half on the gauge represents the last quarter on the tank. 
is the yeah. way it ki- seems to kind of work on my truck. So I just got to keep. You know, it with <laughs> gas cars, we used to we used to carry uh, gas cans around occasionally, yeah. So that at least you at least you didn't want to carry a uh, a gas can with a lot of gas in it all the time because that maybe was kind of dangerous. But at right. least you could go get some gas. Right now today, today you got to bring a battery if you run out with your your electric car. Yeah, and that seems really problematic because that's a heavy thing. Yeah. I don't know if they still do it. I know some of the early Teslas, and I think they all still have it. They have like a creep home mode. So when it gets down to like like under 5% battery power, you can't go yeah. more than about 25 miles an hour, but it'll let you creep home, basically. Creep to wherever you can charge it. It, it. Sort, of, sort of optimizes the uh, efficiency, huh? Right. Just says, hey, you've got <laughs> the last little bit left. We're not kidding now. You can't go fast anymore. Find a battery now. <laughs> You know? <laughs> so, or yeah. find a charging station now. So, um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. So, um, it says that uh, yesterday, the twentieth, Apple pushed out an update to the uh, App Store with improvements for saved items and enhanced store information. Um, I have not even looked at this to see what it says, but Apple says the update now lets you share your list of saved items with friends and family, making easier to share gift ideas or collaborate shopping lists. Lists. Uh, okay, so this is talking about the. They're not talking about the iTunes app. They're talking about the Apple Store app. So, like, yeah. you can go into the Apple Store app and tag things. Amazon has done this for a long time. You can make lists and you can make the lists public so that people can see them if you want. Yep, yep, list basically. Yeah. Right? Yeah, my daughters do this, you know, so that uh, if they see things that, you know, they want, but they're not willing to just go get, uh, they'll throw these things in a list. And then we can look at that for like birthdays or Christmas or something. Um, Yeah. uh, And it's handy. Um, I don't know that many people go browsing through the Apple, but I guess if you if you put things in a list, then you can say send a link to your list so that people can look at your list and then figure it out that way, I guess, you know. yeah, instead of just being a, a, a text list of something, it would be better if you collected it on your iPhone with little a little picture of the thing that you could blow up, you know, zoom yeah. up. And that way you could look at it and remember whether that's really what you wanted or not. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if, uh, you know, how that works on, on Apple as far as creating the little lists and stuff. Uh, okay, your saves. So, okay, so I, there's a way when you're looking at something on Apple to click on a little thing that looks like a ribbon and it says your saves. And then you can go saved by you. And I've got two things in there saved by me that I was looking at. And I, I so when I went to, I clicked on the buy button and then I kind of configured it to see what, how much it would cost to get it the way I wanted it. And, I'm, mm-hmm. and I've got two things in there um, that I had previously done this to. One of them is an M2 Mac Mini with the M2 Pro in it. And I had it loaded with memory and two terabytes of storage, which is the way I would probably want it if I were going to get it. And it's $2,300. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was an iPhone 14 Pro with 256 gigabytes of storage. And that one is $1,100. And that one's been in there since before I got my iPhone 14 Pro. So, you know, you can see how long Probably it's been there. Probably I'll take it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to see if there's a way to get it out of there. Right now, I could with uh, go pick one up uh, uh, within two hours from the store, or they could deliver it to me tomorrow for free. So the iPhone 14 uh, Pros are... For are, free? 
Well, oh, they can deliver it for free. Yeah, <laughs> it cost me $1,100 plus tax. Um, I don't see a way to get something out of this list. There's a nice and easy button to share the list. But how do you how do you get out of here? Uh, oh, there's interesting too. There's a code that you can um, like take a picture of or, or print that you can then show to a specialist at the Apple Store, and they can scan it and bring up your list and click right on your item. So if you've got if you configure it online, then you can go take it into the store and say this is what I want, and they'll scan it and go get it for you if they have it uh-huh. in stock. And there's an edit button for the list, and then that shows um, save to another list or remove. So I can go click on remove and remove the the uh, iPhone 14 Pro. All right. But I'm going to leave my Mac Mini in there. That's my little dream, my dream Mac Mini. <laughs> but uh, for, you know, $2,300, I'm going to have to dream a while. But uh, Yeah. But, you know, it's an it's a Apple M2 Pro. With a 10-core CPU, 16-core GPU, 16-core neural engine, 32 gigabytes of unified memory, and 2 terabytes of storage. Yeah. Well, the only thing I would even consider dreaming about, other than, than my uh, the thing I still have hesitated to order, <laughs> mm-hmm. which, is the, which is the Apple TV thing. I've right. been saying I was going to order it a long time, and I just haven't been... In, Excited enough about it, I guess, to matter. Yeah. Uh, but is 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 I'm always an iPad guy, so I'm I'm but I'm I'm really waiting for that to be uh, a bigger screen. I'd right. I would be upset with myself if I upgraded to another twelve point nine or whatever it is inch one, and then next week they came out with a fourteen or sixteen. Right. Yeah. Know? It's a big enough purchase <clears throat> that you're like, eh. Well, and you can return it within two weeks, so you know that if you bought it. They would wait three weeks. <laughs> yeah, right. That's about it. Yeah, I don't know if I want to start the clock yet because yeah. I can't trust trust that the other things are real. You know. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's really hard to justify uh, changing a device. You know, if it's still working for pretty much everything you want. You know. Yeah. Oops. Uh, I did. I, I mean, they come up with a lot of features. The, the real problem is, is the modern ones now have all this nice fancy phone or, or camera stuff on it. I don't care for a camera on my iPad. Cut the cost out and then I'll buy it. Yeah, you, you know? and I've talked about that before. And it was kind of like, that's an option. I, I'm not going to be that guy that um, that holds up his iPad in front of him to shoot anything, you know? I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, it's not me. And so why on earth would I want that camera that I'm paying extra money for? If, it, if that's a significant cost for this device, honestly, I don't think it's that big of a cost. I think most of the cost is going to be in the screen uh, and the CPU, but, uh, or the, the screen and the, like the storage space, but they way overcharge mm-hmm. for that stuff anyway. You know, I mean, yeah. if you look at what yeah. it costs to go buy additional memory or additional uh, static storage, Apple charges a premium for that stuff. You see, it so. made all kinds of sense in the world to put it on the phone because that's what I've got with me. And it's a camera is something you want to have with you all the time. Right. 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 Yeah. No, I agree. But I agree. I, my, my iPad sits at home. You know, yeah. I'm not going to take a picture of my living room over and over, you know, yeah. or whatever, out the back window or something. Yeah. It's just isn't going to happen. Yeah. The only camera it needs is the one on the front for if you're doing a FaceTime meeting on the, on the, on the thing. 
Exactly. And then, and then they should do what they did with the newest regular iPad, which is put it on the side so you can hold the thing in landscape mode. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just yep. looking. If uh, So the Mac Mini, $2,300. If I were to get the exact same CPU, GPU, uh, everything, same memory, same storage, but get it in the MacBook Pro so that I could take it with me and it's in, so I'm paying for a battery and a screen, it's $3,000. So it's it's a a $700 premium to get it in a portable package. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and if you're spending that kind of money, unless you're really, really tight, I almost think it makes more sense to get the, the laptop because you can plug that in and use it like your desktop computer with your monitor and everything yeah. and just leave it and close. Right. But then when you want to go, you can take literally your entire desktop with you. Yep. You know, so the question is, are you ever going to do that? And is it worth $700 for you to do that? Yeah, I know. That's a tough call. It's yeah. it's just that the Pro in general is easier to use because you just put your fingers on there and do it, you know? Yeah, but I'm saying that most of my computing is done at, at a desktop in my office. Oh, oh, And yours. so, yeah. so okay. I'm saying, you know, which makes more sense, to save $700 and get it as a mini plugged into my monitor, which means I can never take it with me on, on the road or anywhere, right. or or – Keep that option open by getting it as a laptop. It just cost me an additional $700. And for that yeah, $700, a, I'm paying for yeah. a screen and a battery. Right. Yeah. $700 is a lot of money. Yeah. You know? Sure is. You know? To get exactly the sure same computer. Enough. It's exactly the same computer, same storage, same memory, same everything. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's one of those things. It's fun to dream about because I ain't spend either. I'm not spending the the twenty three hundred, much less the three thousand. So, <laughs> yep. it's like that is not something I need on my credit card making payments. So I have to explain that one to my wife. Yes, because yeah. I podcast once a week. I need a three thousand dollar laptop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And at my point in life, you know, I say, why do I really need anything? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's, what, it's, it's one of those where, like, you know, I understand if device A is not working, then you need to replace it with device B. But if yeah. device A is still working, you know, and that's kind of where I am, too. It's really hard to justify, you know. Well, well, you see, there's other things like I'm contemplating a, a new bed because yeah. my, my mattress is worn out, you know. Yeah. So... I I, I got to put the money there before I put it in a, any of these things. Yeah, your granddaughter just bought a foam bed, a foam mattress, online through Amazon, and it was one of the cheapest ones I've ever seen. And she seems pretty happy with it. You hmm. uh, might want to call her and talk to her about that in the second. Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she she um, I, she sent me the thing, and it was all there was like fifteen thousand reviews, and it was four and a half stars. Um, mm. And so she thought, well, you know, worst case, I send it back, but I'm going to give it a try because the mattress she had was one that her grandmother had had, Ellen had had, um, and I think Ellen had probably had it for twenty five or thirty years, and she's had it for yeah. at least ten. It's just, it was, I've slept on that bed and it was so incredibly uncomfortable. And that was even with a two inch piece of latex foam on top of it. It was that bed had uh. just, you know, there was nothing of that bed that was positive anymore. It was just garbage. And so yeah. uh, it was way overdue to be replaced. 
And so she finally, uh, you know, but then she started shopping mattresses and found out they're really expensive and went, huh, maybe I yeah. can sleep on that bed a little longer. But I think it finally just got the best of her. And she said, forget it. I've got to get it. And she found this deal. And she's very pleased with it. Well, after the first, sure. after the f- second night, I talked to her after the second night. Now she's had it a couple of weeks. See if she's still happy. You, you know, I'm convinced it makes no sense to buy a mattress except locally, because the expense of sending one of those would would far exceed the delivery costs by a by a you know the store, and the store will deliver most of them for free. Right. Uh, uh, you know. And well, this was shipped by Amazon. I think she got Amazon Prime, so it was free shipping. It just showed up on her doorstep. Um, hmm. And it's they they take the foam and compress it down so they squeeze all the air out of it. So when you yeah. unwrap it, she says it. They they said it takes forty eight hours to fully expand. She slept on it that night, though. She said it. It. She says it looked pretty much expanded at that point, but that when uh-huh. you unwrap it, it th- there's this process of it just slowly you know, inflating <laughs> as, yeah. as the foam sort of well, takes its shape. Well, I, uh, I got some special purpose, uh, uh, mattresses. Like one is a body pillow, you know, big, long thing, right. a two, a cylinder. And another one is kind of on an angle, but it's got a place to put your arm in. So it doesn't get crushed when you're sleeping on your side. Right. And I got these through the VA, but then I get to bill from them. So I still have to pay for them. But those things were just totally compressed. They came in a little tiny box. And right. Talk about growth, you know. Well, that's kind of what this kind of what this mattress did, and she got it on the eleventh. So I guess she's had it uh, uh, ten, twelve days now. Yeah. But they well, they, have, they have them in in King, California King, Queen, Full, Twin, Twin XL. They've got them in a bunch of different sizes. You but she got it on Amazon, huh? So I can look on Amazon. I will first. send you the link to the one that she bought. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, if you got that. Yeah, so I can do that and tell you exactly what she got. And this one, I it's interesting because they uh, something to do with the density of the foam, but they have a six, eight, ten, and twelve inch version of the mattress, and the eight inch was the one that was still kind. It of, was was called firm. The thicker it got, the softer the mattress got, and she mm-hmm. wanted she wanted a firmer mattress, so she went with the eight inch, but she was very happy with it. Um, hmm. You know. Yeah, I, I see it here. Gee, that is cheap. Yeah, wasn't it? It's uh, now that is that's for a full size bed, which is what she had, but you know, yours is a cow king, right? Uh, I I can't remember. It's either a king or a uh, cow king, but I don't remember which either. But uh, uh, you know, that's still you know, what okay. five hundred bucks. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And that has multiple thicknesses too, I guess. Um, well, I was just. Oh, it's only twelve inch. The cow king's no, only, only twelve. Yeah, the cow king's only in twelve inch. The uh, uh, the regular king comes in different thicknesses. So I don't know. Yeah. Now this company does make some other mattresses, but you can look at the ratings. There's 143,000 ratings at its four and a half stars. Hmm. You know, it's tough to game when you've got 143,000 ratings. Yeah. You know, I worry when I yep. see you know 35 ratings, but not when I see 143,000 ratings. 
Right. So, right. Yeah. So well, looks pretty good. Yeah, and it says the twelve inch one. I don't know. Does it say what uh, pressure? Uh, well, the twelve inch mattress. The king at twelve inches is only uh, uh, four nineteen. But I, I'd have to get it the same size if I'm not going to buy the whole bed. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You so yeah, you want the, to I match mean. what you've got? Yeah, because that's what she did. She she kept the box springs because I mean, let's face it, the box springs is just literally that. It's just a wooden frame to set yeah. your mattress on. So she didn't spend. She didn't buy another set of box springs. Uh, but uh, I wish they would somewhere tell you dimensions. I guess they do down here in the specs or something. Yeah, down below. Well, says, anyway, I'll look. The the one she got, did you say was a was a cow king? Uh, hers is a full size. Her 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 bed is smaller. Oh, it's a regular bed. Yeah, what used to be called a regular, a full size bed. So it's uh-huh. bigger than a twin, smaller than a queen. She yeah. actually wanted to get a queen, but she decided she then she'd have to buy a new box set, uh, box springs, and a new headboard. Yeah. And she just went, you know, that's more than I want to spend right now. And so. Uh, she bought a cheap mattress. And she, of, she got she got an eight inch full, huh? She got an eight inch full. And and her, her thought was given the price of the eight inch full, anything's gonna be better than the, you know, forty or fifty year old mattress she was on. She says, if I sleep right. on it a year and then trash it and buy myself a queen size bed, I still am ahead of the game. <laughs> I'll have had a year of better sleep. Yeah. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a ten year warranty like a lot of mattresses have, so yeah, I, the other issue with with a mattress always is what am I going to do with this old soccer? I don't, right, I'm going to have to rent a truck to haul it off. Yeah, yeah, you might have to call somebody or something or talk to your uh, your son in law. Uh, except he doesn't yeah. have a truck anymore. Oh, they they still have that truck, don't they? They have the the Chevy Colorado. I think they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what what Jensen did is her cousin uh, has their her family's minivan. And because it was a full size, she was able to fit it in the minivan. And she found a place where you, where they, they basically, you could drop off. Uh, the city would handle old mattresses and, and you know, like oh. shred, shred them and, and yeah. recycle whatever was inside them to do whatever. And so that's what she did. So she threw it on the pile and snapped a picture and sent it to us and said, farewell mattress. Yeah, you know, you know these bed uh, selling people—they never make it easy for you. Nobody wants to haul your old mattress off. Yeah, yeah, I know. When I bought mine, they said that you could, uh, like, the guy—he says the guys who deliver it says they'll haul it away for mm-hmm. like, you know, just give them like fifty bucks. And so, so mm-hmm. I just made sure I went and got some cash out. So when they came that day, I gave. Yeah. Them, like I said, you guys take it away. I, you know, gave them some money, and they said sure. And I, I, yeah. I suspect they went directly from here to the dump and got rid of it and then, and then drove yep. home. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but most dumps you have to pay to get in anymore. Yeah, so that yeah. Took, that took Ours part cost of about 50. 15 bucks. yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that, they had to oh, – probably cost about 10 back then, but I think it's about 15 to get in it now. Last time mm-hmm. I was over there. So – yeah. yeah, exactly. That was part of their savings. But anyway, I was surprised at how cheap these mattresses were. And uh, but but like I said, it got really good ratings. The company is Zenus, Z-I-N-U-S, for those who are interested. And uh, my daughter says that it, it she was very happy with it. So 
Um, but I haven't yeah. spoken to her since about the second day. So probably worth a follow-up to make sure she's still pleased before you. But again, the cost is not that much. Yeah. I mean, it's really, I've not. <laughs> well, I, I, I would guess that uh, the Amazons of the world buy the, these things locally. Don't you suppose? Because every major city has manufacturers, you know, mattress builders. Yeah. There are a dime a dozen almost. Yeah. Well, I know the one that I bought mine from, I bought it from the manufacturer, yeah. from the factory. And they were, yeah. you know, 20 miles from my house. But I went and found yeah. them online. And uh, and he wouldn't tell me the name of the company that he makes them for. But he says, yeah, we, we label them for, you know, others. <laughs> mm -hmm. And... Uh, but yeah. I got a very nice um, all. It's an all net. Mine is is not a memory foam mattress. It's a uh, all natural latex mattress. So it's latex foam, uh, and it's uh, it's interesting because the the cover you can zip it open, and inside is the latex, and it's actually uh, four three inch layers of latex of differing firmness. Yeah. And I I could order each layer at the firmness that I wanted to kind of create the mass the, the mattress feel that I yeah, wanted. I, I I remember you sent that to me one other time. Yeah, and that that was the uh, the company is near me. It's they ship all over the country, but it it they were not cheap. But um, yeah, but I love that mattress. I've I, had it for I don't know probably ten years now and still super happy with I, it. By, I'm all, by the way, I'm on Amazon, and it says there's a button here to push view in your room so I can do the VR thing. Ah. I, I can put it up there and see if it fits on my bed. There you go. <laughs> you can see it fit yeah. in your room. Perfect. Yep. Yep. They're, they're doing their thing. So. Yeah. Anyway, you know, if this works for you, that's great. You know, it seems to be working for her. So. Uh-oh. When I pressed California King, the C in your room went away. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, King, let me try that. Uh, maybe nope. you have to have to be in California in order to see it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't I, that's weird. I don't know why they uh, have the VR technology only for certain size mattresses. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Well, maybe when they uh uh shot the VR, they only uh you know, they only had those mattresses available, so they hadn't shot the other ones. You know, yeah. when you shoot the video of it, they have to kind of put yeah. it into a stage where they can cut out the background so you just see the the Yeah. Just item. Just put the mattress where you want it on there. That's that's weird. Hmm. Huh. Mattress or you can buy a mattress plus box springs in here. Yeah, so yeah. You can buy the whole thing if you choices. want. But uh well, anyway, something more to think about spending my money on. Yeah. Well, at least but it's the, not a ton least, of money compared to some mattresses. Yeah. Like I said, if it works for you, they seem to be affordable and they're well regarded by those who have purchased them. So. Yep. Okay. I think we're at the end. Yeah. I think so. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> When we're yawning, it's time to say goodbye. So yeah, I, I got up a little early. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. I do morning practices, so I'm up early right now, but only two more weeks. 
Have a good one, everybody. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday. We'll be our last Tuesday. Then we'll be able to go back to Mondays. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.